Our disappointment with Hall and Sanders had soured the drive home. We were stuck in a cloud of pseudoscience and flimsy characters, and we tried to drown it out with the radio and small talk. With that hanging over us, we didn't spy him until he was already filling up the rearview mirror. John floored it as Jay Garrick started to pull alongside. I just shrugged. Whatever we'd originally had planned for today, we were going to put this speedster through his paces. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Woo! Okay, so, inside baseball, we ordered Dr. Fate. Uh, and the thing about ordering things off of Amazon so you get physical copies could mean that the location that has the volume that you want may not necessarily be able to ship them in the time period that you want. So luckily... Specifically because all of these uh, archive uh, volumes that we're getting are out of print. Yes. Specific, I think the specifically only one that like wasn't... That. Like Batman and Superman may have been in print? Um, possibly. But then again, we are getting the, the collections of those which are still in print versus the archive Golden Age versions, which may or may not. These are also mm. more expensive generally. Like, these are usually a $50 value. I think when they originally came out, we're getting them for a little bit cheaper now. Really? I think so. When they originally came out, I'm saying that. Like, which wow. was, it's like, ten years ago. Huh. Um, All right. They've, I mean, they're... Or another, we're getting right. them used generally. We're getting them, we're getting them usually used. And so, um... The Dr. Fate one is on its way, but luckily we had ordered two volumes of Flash, so guess who's getting a heap and help into more Jay Garrick? I, I do like that you you specifically used the phrase, luckily. Luckily. Well, we also luckily <laughs> have some other backups for our other characters. Um, guess what? You're not getting the Spectre. Not for a while. <laughs> not for a hundred dollars. Yeah. The, the used copy of the Spectre Golden Age volume... Was a hundred dollars? What are there like twelve? We're, we're not buying that. Are there like twelve in existence? And this is like one of the twelve. And the used copy is what, like what happens if you collect all twelve and like put them on a bookshelf together? The Spectre do, shows up. Do they up. fuse into Voltron? Do they? I think the Spectre shows Voltron up. Voltron and the librarians of the universe. I like it. I like. I also just like that Spectre shows up and he's like. You're the only person who cares this much. <laughs> and then, like, disappears. The, like, the books congeal into him, and then they go away. Like, you oh, spend man, like, all that money. Like, cheap 90s CG of, like, yeah. morphing <laughs> yeah. into... Like, the, like the, uh, the, what is it, the T-1000 Terminator? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, long story short, you're not getting the Spectre outside of the JSA volumes, because, holy cow, that's expensive, and ain't nobody got cash for that. At least we don't. I mean, we could split it, but it, bottom line, no. It's not that awesome. <laughs> it's Let's put it this way. We're interested, but we don't care that much. And yeah. it's not going to affect the global understanding of the universe for DC as you know it for at least another in DC can, uh, canon 30, 40 years. Yeah. Let's put it that way. The Spectre doesn't become important until like the 80s. So you got time. And his entire shtick will change before that. So, Dr. Fate, yes. Spectre, no. Bottom line. As we return uh, to Jay Garrick and Joan and Gardner Fox. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I like, like, let's just set the stage and give our preliminary arguments here. We're going to feel differently about most of this volume. I suspect we're going to feel roughly similar to the final issue in this, well, no, penultimate <laughs> issue in this volume. But we're, we're you're going to hear me, like, quietly laughing off to the side, and John is just going to be... I'm, I'm surprised you don't have a drink in front of you, to be honest. Uh, so, <laughs> for those of you who've been following along and playing at home... Last time on DC Detectives. Yeah, Matt and I, we we agree to disagree on this in the sense that Matt has a certain understanding of this character to him that is enjoyable and both uh, understanding of the intent of the character. I am mostly just disappointed with this character purely because of my association with the flash as a franchise so it's just it's a little of column a and a little of column b so joanne okay she's ready she's sitting here waiting looking at us talking all right flash comics number 18 june 1941 flash stops a gang of men from running a protection racket on his friend's restaurant chain um he force feeds an entire turkey to a man in two seconds. That's right. And you know that's funny, but also incredibly dangerous and people die that way. And I'm just like, I get like make, force feeding them till they're full, which is what he does with the other guys. But he specifically just like killed that man. Because he pushed the turkey in bones and all. Like he didn't like just peel off the meat and push it down its throat, he shoves a whole turkey in the man's throat, which could actually break his entire trachea. That, to me, was like, that's, like, everything else you're doing is okay except that one bit. Um, not gonna count that as a ding, because I'm generally going to say the Flash don't kill. Also, we specifically see that that hood alive later on. Right. Um, so, just... <sighs> yeah. Tom yeah, and Jerry. Yeah. Flash Comics number 19, July 1941. Racketeers who pretend to get injured in, in accidents for insurance fraud. Uh, the Flash stops them. Again, fine. Like, honestly, a lot of these issues get better for me in just terms of, un like, believability and, like, uh, regular superhero fare. It's more just the themes that I see recurring in Gardner Fox that I'll go into later. Flash Comics number 20, August 1941. Joan accidentally buys an entire... An entire failing <laughs> utility company at an auction literally for called, $2. Literally called Useless Utility Company. Yeah. <laughs> and Flash has to get the former owner and his skinflint uncle to reconcile to make the company go back to being profitable. Joan buys an entire company for $2 because she wants to. She just can't help herself at auction. She buys a stuffed whale at the end. That was all unintentional. But not so much that, so much that she she keeps wanting to go back to the auction. She does. And that's the thing. is like, mm. once you buy an entire company on accident, <laughs> purely because you're like, it's $2, why don't I want this? And, like, that was her argument. was like, it, whatever it is, $2 or $10, it's, I want it. And then goes back after you've bought an entire company. I feel like you should have learned that you shouldn't buy things at this auction house. At places, least go to a different places one. Places to avoid. Places to avoid for Joan is an auction house. Just in general. Okay, here's an, an interesting thing. We get the first Flash Quarterly. All Flash Quarterly, number one, summer 1941. 
Uh, we get a little bit of a JSA thing in the beginning where you see the Flash kind of with like an almost like varsity school photo with him in the JSA, which is kind of nice. And they're hope you enjoy your summer. Yeah, it was, it's kind of like they're releasing him from being on the roster. It's not really clear. We're not reading JSA at the moment, so we don't know what's going on there. But I'm sure we'll find out. It sounds like just hey, this is the first time you've got your quarterly, so you've got your own book. Right. I, I assume it was the same. Uh, uh, Superman and Batman being guest members, in right. honorary members. I, I assume it's something like that. Where it's just, similar, yeah. You've got your own book. You're not actually part of the JSA. Yeah, anymore. you don't. You don't need to be saved. <laughs> so uh, they also rehash his origin story. For those of you who aren't familiar, um, if you aren't familiar, go back and listen to our episode. That's why they're there. We're not going to do that again. I thought you were supposed to eat our episodes. That too. Mm. I mean, you can if you want to digitally consume them. Uh, but hey, <laughs> Ooh, well done. What do you want to do? Uh, so the stories in this, there's four stories. Jay's friend, uh, Norris, discovers a way to turn flesh into stone metal and is forced to make it for gangsters, but uh, Jay conveniently makes an antidote with a blood, uh, with a blood plasma serum. So this one is actually kind of my favorite story out of the entire bunch because Jay actually sciences. Jay actually uses his science intelligence to solve a problem for once, to just finally, re- like, make... Yeah. His origin worthwhile. For once, Jay does a science thing and redeems the whole fact that he's a scientist. That is important to me. It's weird science, but oh, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. But I mean, like, it doesn't have yeah. to make sense it, because it is, none of this makes sense. It is capital S science. Right. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what, though? For once, you just, like, you know, validated your science backstory. Mm-hmm. And that's all that mattered to me. It was like, you know what? That's fine. That whole story gets a pass for me. Um, you get some speed records that the Flash likes to keep track of. It's very interesting things. We'll show you those. Um, and there's a little bit of a Meet the Creators page. That's just two little biographies between uh, the uh, between Gardner Fox and, and Hibbard. Uh, the next story is the Monocle steals Jones fancy hats for the for their jewels that are set in them, and the Flash makes some new ones that are like super avant garde that he thinks are not going to go over well, but like everyone loves. And then he also stops the monocle. The most important thing for me here in this story is through some hasty haberdashery, the Flash makes some awesome, sweet avant-garde hats. Hasty haberdashery. Did you practice that? I sat on that for days (laughs) after seeing that. And I'm like, hasty haberdashery, that's got to get in there. But it's just the the funniest thing that, like, Jay literally thinks he's, like, gonna ruin Jones' show by making these awful-looking hats. And it turns out he suddenly, apparently, has an accidental fashion sense. And it gives more ammunition to my thing that I'm going to go into a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Flash, uh, in the next story, Flash stops some bad guys from stealing oil fortunes from some nice cowboys. I wish I made that up, but that's, like, literally the entire story. Flash helps a hockey team owner get freedom from gangsters who are part owners in the hockey team and has the weirdest hockey team in history. The owner... His, like, money manager, the owner's crippled daughter, Joan, and, like, the mascot guy, I think? Like, some yeah, yeah. young dude. It's that, That's not even, like, a full lineup on a hockey on a hockey lineup. That's, like, half, maybe, like, missing two, three guys. They don't have a goalie. There's no goalie. Wasn't that five, or five people you rattled off just there? Maybe. 
because uh, five plus the flash would actually be a full side. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But then, I, then I'm more thinking that they also don't have a goalie. But then again, they don't need one because the flash is out. But it's like the weirdest well, like bad news bears hockey team I've mm-hmm. ever seen. And it's just bizarre. That's the real miracle on ice. All right, there, forget. There, there's no rule that a dog can't play basketball. Yeah, there ain't no rule. Um, <laughs> just like I just I love that there's so many things that happen in these comics that don't immediately raise a red flag to any mm-hmm. sort of official. Like no. This isn't happening. Like, some referee just, like, doesn't blow a whistle and be like, no, none of this counts. None of this counts because it is all unorthodox, and I refuse to count your 37 goals that you had in the last two minutes. Like, the the, the team on Flash's team is playing cards in the middle of the rink. It's the best shot. It just, is. She starts knitting, and yeah, one, of the other, knitting. one of the opponents is like... I feel useless standing around while Flash scores all these points. Can I hold the yarn at least? Yeah, it's like it's so good. It's so weird, and I'm just like, <laughs> why is this? In a, why doesn't a ref just go like, no, like just out of nowhere, like just watching everything, just go, no, I'm sorry, stop, <laughs> like make everyone stop and be like, look. Something is clearly up. You literally melted all of the yeah. ice in the Flash, rink Flash by skating melts, so fast. He melts the ice through friction and everyone's just <laughs> standing on concrete while he's still scoring more goals. It's like 93 to like 0 at the end of the game. And I'm like, I just can't imagine that no ref was just like, halt. Like, please, <laughs> please just stop for me. Stop for me and it, clearly you don't have a team. So let's reschedule this until you do because I whatever this is, I can't handle it. So, and best of all, they're playing for the Manly Cup. Yeah, they're playing for the Manly Cup, not the Stanley Cup. God. It's so good. September 1941, <laughs> Flash Comics number 21. Flash stops a fake giveaway racketeer and turns two hoodlums good through carnival games. I, I wish I was making that up. He literally uses carnival games and the Tunnel of Darkness... Yeah, it's like the most hardcore, like, Tunnel of Love shit ever. But, like, it also goes underground? Where is this carnival? And what building permit does this carnival have to build a subterranean water tunnel flume for, like, carnival rides? Like, that's that's literally what the Tunnel of Darkness is. It's like the Splash Mountain ride at Disneyland if it went underground and there's just a dude there going, like, don't go too fast. And, like, <laughs> what? That's a carnival ride? Did they just, like, find a mine shaft in the town and be like, hey, what if we just flood this and we just throw some flumes in it? And then, like, and we just charge. That should be a cool theme for a water ride. It would be, but also at the same time, is this, like, a traveling carnival? Is this, the car- is this like, Coney Island carnival? Like, I don't understand what is the construction of this ride. Everything else, everything else I let slide, except for the Tunnel of Darkness. No, no, no. No, no, no. There are building codes and permits for your rides, and you cannot take people unsupervised into, like, a subterranean mineshaft log flume and then just expect them to come out the other side, when clearly there's, like, a stream and a current in that thing, too. I want a show about OSHA inspections (laughs) of supervillain lairs. No, it's OSHA inspections of people doing, of people's roller coaster tycoon locations. Oh, no. (laughs) So it just goes up and then... It just, and then, it just, it, and then, and then, <laughs> it just goes up. And then, how are you not in jail? How are you not in jail? <laughs> you, you disgust me. <laughs> Flash Comics number twenty-two, October nineteen forty-one. Flash stops some Chinese hatchet men tong from turning white men into Chinese people. 
Yeah. I'm gonna, no, no, no. Longer pause for that. Okay. Longer pause for the complete racial ridiculousness of that entire story. Not to mention, the guy turning people Chinese is white! What? Also, the idol that they're all supposedly, like, Is worshiping. Grom! Grom! What is Grom? Why Wait. is he... Wait, from, uh... No, that's Krom. Okay, never mind. That's Conan, and that's Krom. Oh, no. That's right, that was the name. Yeah, Yeah, Krom. Uh, It looks like a... The individual looks Mongolian with uh, six arms and two legs, which I think of as more of an Indian thing. More Hindi? I might be wrong on that, though. One way or another, it's a weird issue. And the explanation is that he's turning men Chinese so that they can then commit crimes... As Chinese people. Like, like that gives them a pass? Or as if suddenly white men, now Chinese, have like it much easier doing crime. I don't understand what the, what the whole point of this entire operation is. There's no explanation other than just like, hey, you're white, you're a criminal, why don't you, don't you want to be Chinese? Like, that's what happens. Like, there's a guy in the criminal underworld, like, you know, like, uh, what is it, Nocturne Alley in Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. There's some dude in Nocturne Alley with a sign that says, want to be Chinese? Ooh. And just oh, like... Oh, <laughs> that's uncomfortable, because they probably could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, some criminals just like, yeah, I do, actually, in fact. That actually appeals to me. And they're like, here you go, you're Chinese now, go commit crimes. What is... like? And, and equals profit? Like, are they paying him to turn Chinese? Is this, is this what, is this his business? Like, I don't understand. It's like the tiger chick from the Hawkman episode. How do they let you into the house if they know that you're threatening them? It's not like you're disguising yourself. You have tigers. (laughs) It's very hard to hide the fact that you have giant jungle cats with the minds of people in them. Like, my bet, the only thing I can come up with is that... If they are especially preying on the Chinese population, then they can get away with it a little more easily. If it's like, well, it's just Chinese people uh, uh, hurting Chinese people. Oh, but it's weird. Flash Comics, number 23, November 1941. Flash stops a revenge plot against his friend who put a rival shoe business owner out of business. I do kind of like that they don't even bother explaining what... It the wasn't a real. hostile takeover. He just says he legitimately put him out of business in like a, in like a Johnny Law type of way. Like he was just better. I don't know what that is. Like Johnny Law is just like legal. Yeah. Like Johnny Law is also a term for policeman. Like you know, yeah. just kind of it like makes, he did sense. it. He did it like a like in a legitimate legal way. Like he was just better at being a shoe salesman. I he, guess he ain't rand it. Yeah, and also like what I don't get is the guy who's trying to get revenge is now a crime lord. He has a more lucrative, less boring job. And he he's like, now that I'm a crime lord, I want to get revenge on that guy who took me out of the footlocker business. Now that like, I'm rich, time to be petty. Right, yeah. And now I've got some fuck you money. Let's find <laughs> that guy who, who ran sketcher shops better than I did. Like, what? what? <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's exactly like, that. It's like getting a really good job and going back to your high school reunion to like flip off that guy that pissed you off in school, and like finding out that he like runs like mid tier gas stations, and you're like, "Well, I did this," and he's just like, <laughs> "Bro, I don't care." Like, <laughs> like spending five thousand dollars to rent out the entire building opposite of where your high school reunion is happening to put up a big old sign that just just says "fuck you all." <laughs> You're a dick, Brent. Like that's just all it says. <laughs> They're good dogs, Brent. And he and he never comes oh, to the reunion. It's like paying 
Like what they did with uh, God, what was it? Drawn, drawn together? No, no. There, there was something else that was like sexy cartoons come to life. Uh, I don't know. It was like nineties. It, it was very uh, Roger Rabbit, but like mm. trying to play up the sex appeal, like cool. a ton, maybe. And they apparently did like a stunt of messing with the LA sign or the Hollywood sign. It's probably Cool World, which is also Ralph Bakshi, right. who we talked about. Yeah, actually, that, that sounds right. But with, like with Brad Pitt in it, and he's like in Hollywood. Y- yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that. I just remember reading the Wikipedia page and being like, "So you spent a shit of a lot of money to mess with a landmark?" Yep. All right. Um, for those of you who are curious, Cool World is a film about Brad Pitt as a detective. In a, con- in a in the cartoon universe, because he gets sucked into the world of doodles, and he solves murders, and he stops, well, ineffectually stops a man from having sex with his own creation, which then makes her real life. That is the plot of a film that Brad Pitt was in. Brad <laughs> it was Pitt, the 90s, we don't talk about Brad the 90s. Brad Pitt is in a movie that, like, legitimately has that exact plot that I just explained to you, and it is... The most uncomfortable thing I think I've ever witnessed on film. Not because it's like lewd or weird. It's it's literally madness incarnate. Like <laughs> some of the sets are flat, and then like also some of the sets are drawn. So it's got this weird like Brad Pitt in a two D world thing going on, mm-hmm. and you can like see that the set is cardboard, and they like don't hide that. And then there's also just things that fly across the screen during scene transitions that are like horrifying, nightmare inducing. Things that no person should ever see. And I don't understand why that movie had to be made or what the purpose of it was. But Brad Pitt is in it, and if you were a Brad Pitt fan and you have to watch Cool World, like, just be aware that that's what this movie is. It's just... It's so strange. And... Anyway. So, so you are... To bring this back around, you have a similar reaction to many of these stories as to that. Is oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... We're going to go to the All-Flash Quarterly number 2, Fall 1941. Uh, the best indie band name ever, Roy Revenge and the Threat. Yeah! Welcome. Wow. Someone take that. Oh, no, that's like band. that's like a Tom Petty kind of thing. No, that's, that, a, that's a punk that's band. That's kind of punk Americana, I'd yeah. say. I'd say like early Petty. That's like, well, I'm saying like that's like bad religion punk. Like weird, weird sort of Christy punk. Maybe, but only if they stay, like, super local, super, yeah. uh, like, just playing at tiny shows. They never leave Stockton local. Yeah. Ooh. Like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm done, I'm done with this. You're welcome. I'm, I'm done homage to Roy Revenge and the, and and the, the threat. threat. Oh, my God, yeah. No, wow. karate, no karate in the pit, guys, remember. Uh, the story of Roy Revenge and the threat is basically uh, kind of like a really complicated Count of Monte Cristo. Um a bad guy essentially gets sent away by uh, a ju- a lawyer. To, mind you, the only difference here between Count of Monte Cristo, Count of Monte Cristo, a guy is framed. This is just a legit criminal gets put away in jail. Um, and he vows revenge on that lawyer and essentially creates this really complicated scheme to get the lawyer, who is now a governor, to either kill or imprison his own child that the bad guy kidnapped and faked so and then pretended to like go oh i shall save your child after i have reformed from the my 10 years in jail and then raises the kid as his own and turns him into a criminal that 
calls him that the kid calls himself Roy Revenge because he s- vows to get revenge on the governor because the bad guy tells him the bad guy's the threat. The threat tells him that the mayor or governor killed his mother. It's very, very weird, and the Flash is hardly in it. It really is a story that The Flash is entirely peripheral to. Yeah, it's... Okay, you guys know the Don't Blink episode of Doctor Who? How, like, it's about uh, normal people dealing with, like, Doctor Who-level issues, and, like, Doctor Who, like, kind of shows up and, like, solves the problem and is, like, peripherally in the episode? It's that. It's a whole story contained in this world that The Flash kind of just weaves in and out of for no particular reason other than just he remembers certain things about it and is bugged by it. Oh, also, Roy Revenge uh, then marries his not-real-sister that the threat yeah. has. And that's just not cool. It It's interesting, like, did you ever play Lunar? Lunar? Uh, Lunar Silver Star Story? No. Okay. Uh, it's interesting to look back, and for whatever reason, there is that little bit of a uh, trope of... Hey, there's the orphan who we raise as part of our family, and the the son and the adoptive daughter are totally going to end up together. It's like, in retrospect, that shit's weird. That's very ancestral and strange. Yep. Uh, there's more speed records in this, and also how to run like the Flash, which is actually some very correct running form. Kudos That's true. You would know. Yeah. Yeah. You kudos, would be able to kudos to you, Gardner Fox, and like basically teaching people how to do a start and stop from sprinting. Um, by the way, the All Flash Quarterly is that entire story. Yep. It is four parts. That is the longest story, I think, next to the, uh, what is it, the Sargasso storyline in Green Lantern? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that we've seen. And, wow, good for you guys. I mean, it's basically a graphic novel yeah, on its own. it's 64 pages with advertisement breaks. Flash Comics, number 24, December 1941. This is our final issue for the episode. You guys are getting off lucky because... Boy, those Flash quarterlies. <laughs> uh, Flash goes to Mars after his colleague Jennings, who does not recognize Jay at all, even though he sees him on Mars and on the spaceship and at work, makes a ship and kidnaps a bunch of families to colonize Mars. They find spider people and leave. Yeah. they And the spider people kill a guy. I don't count that for the Flash because the Flash has no idea what their weapons are, so he mm. doesn't know like what's going to happen. And then like the dude gets like melted. So, I don't even count that as, like, a bad-on-you Flash, because he's literally on an alien planet and has no idea what's happening, and there are spider people, and why would he know that? So, that's the end of our summation. Um, I also would like to point out that the summary of the Roy Revenge story, while complicated and stupid, is probably the quickest summary I've done for that many pages. Oh, yeah, no, that was wildly page-efficient. And I just want you all to know that I'm very proud of that. A couple things to circle back around here. There's this really weird theme that is now being thrown about almost in every other issue of Flash throwing people through solid objects at such high speeds. A lot more, right? At such high speeds that they are able to pass through them unharmed because they keep going back to this like straw in a hurricane passing through wood thing. And I'm starting to think that like it's just Gardner Fox's way of explaining a way that the Flash doesn't kill, and it's very interesting to see th- how much he toes that line mm-hmm. and how very, very specifically he like runs right up to it and says, Nope, but remember science! And you're just like, wow, you are really trying to like drive that home. 
it's an excuse in my mind for the visual gag of like you've got a big old honestly people are getting thrown face for, head through yes. through things plate glass windows or also like, a statue oh. he gets yeah. the guys get thrown into the Grom statue yeah. uh, fundamentally it's an excuse to have like someone like get thrown through drywall so they're like suspended like uh, perpendicular to the ground right. it's a cool visual gag and it's like but it totally didn't hurt him. Yeah. But also remember, they're not dead. Yes. Um, Jay and Joan are terrible for each other. Yep. And this goes along with the theme that I was saying in the last episode, that Gardner Fox doesn't know how to write couples. And, you know, we were talking about that for Hawkman, where you're going like, I don't know if that's so much that just they're being, that uh, Shaira was being used as a plot device, or Joan was being used as a plot device, but the more we see both Carter and Jay speak to their significant others, and how they dismiss them, and how they talk down to their significant others, they, they're not nice men. They're just not nice men to these women. And I don't mm. care how annoying or how incompetent or how much these women, like, muck up situations. You don't talk to people like that. Ever. Because that's rude. And that makes you a dick. Like, there's just... There's so many examples. And to pull some out would just be superfluous because we can just show you. But Jay Garrick is not a nice dude to women. And Carter Hall isn't either. Like, Carter Hall mm. saves women. But... Like, doesn't stick around and also is mean to his, like, reincarnated wife-lover thing. And so I'm like, you know what, though? Like, if you're mean to her, like, you're not mean, you're not good to anybody. Because, like, how are you supposed to be good to people if you're, like, mean to this person that you share eternity with? You know? Like, that's, like, a shitty way to live. And it really bothers me that, like, these two guys are legitimately awful people to women. Because we've had Bruce Wayne be a scuzz bucket about... Mm -hmm. Julie Madison. But and that's more forgetful. Yeah, by and, that's, and large. that's more just also the fact that Julie isn't important or shown like Jay or Joan. Julie mm -hmm. is an afterthought. She's maybe shown up in a total of four issues over the years that we've seen. The Clayface one, maybe uh, two with the Master Monk, and maybe one oh, more, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So... She's not really a character. I mm -hmm. almost don't count his forgetfulness of her purely because it seems like Bob Kane and Bill Finger forgot about her too. Yeah. So that doesn't really count to me. Also, he's just going like, he's kind of finding Catwoman attractive and then going like, oops, forgot I have a fiance, as opposed to like looking at Julie and being like, mm -hmm. don't be so stupid, little yeah. girl. Which is what Carter and Jay are doing, which is like berating or like getting down on their significant other. Like the... So the fake giveaway contest really bothered yeah. me a lot mm -hmm. because there's this whole thing where Jay goes to a movie um, because Joan is at a sorority meeting. Joan also has a lot of jobs. Joan does everything except what she was established to do in the first issue ever. So Joan is just like, I do everything because I'm bored. And I'm like, you know what though? You, it's the 30s and 40s, so everybody's got to have jobs. Um, but Joan is at the sorority meeting. And Jay's like, well, I'm going to be bored, so I'm going to go see a movie. And at the movie theater, they're like, we're going to announce the winners of this giveaway. And Jay's like, oh, we put our names in for that. I wonder if we'll win. And Joan's name is called. And he's like, oh, man, she's not here to collect the winnings. And like, we're going to wait three minutes. And if she doesn't show up, like, she doesn't win. And Jay's like, maybe I should call her because it's not fair to everyone else if I run and get her. 
But also, I kind of want to see her not get the money. And he, like, doesn't give a reason other than just, like, I kind of want to, like, tell her that she's going to get it and then, like, watch her race here or, like, call her and hear her freak out or something. And eventually he runs to her, watches her in the sorority meeting, and then, like, picks her up and takes her to the theater. And that's how they start figuring out that there's a racket because they're like, oh, my God, we didn't think you were going to be here. And I'm just like, you're a dick, dude. Like, you're just, you're doing this to see her, like, panic? Like, that's the same level of Carter Hall going like, well, I'm going to order the most expensive things on this menu and watch you, you know, quake in your boots at how much money this is going to cost you, and then I'm going to send you a check for it in the mail. It is capital P patriarchal. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. It's so gross, and I hate it. And I hate it because, ugh. I don't need to tell you because because it's just it's awful. It sounds awful when you say it aloud, so I don't need to explain that. Um, again, we see Gardner Fox not caring about the science and just going like, "But it's cool." <laughs> like we flew to Mars, and really, we're just gonna gloss over the fact that we flew to Mars, and, and we're it gonna took f- like an evening. Yeah, and we're gonna fight spider people. And like none of that is cool. It's all just like we're it's it's just an excuse for the Flash. To cut giant webs at, at super speed with a hatchet. Yeah. I, it's such a waste. It's such a waste <laughs> that, of an that interesting issue story. specifically is uh, just a letdown. Also, the spider people are so goofy looking. It's <laughs> really basically are. spider centaur people. They've got like the, the bottom half of spiders with the top halves of men. And it's just a head though. It's well, not but like they've got arms. Half. They've uh, got arms and things. They have to have... Yeah, they have like shoulders. That's true, yeah. So it's kind of centaurish, mm-hmm. like, but I'm just like, it's like these men with full heads and chests and arms. That there's a story an American wants to know. Like, <laughs> what is this? What is this? And they like have their own race of people names. They have a city, and I'm like, why don't we see any of that? Why don't we see all this cool stuff? Except Jay is gonna go back to his friend and be like, "You were a jerk because you were about to sell out all these people for your." You know, scientific discovery. Let's go back to Earth. And I'm like, you don't want to, like, talk about the fact that there's spider people on Mars? Okay. <laughs> it's the Neptunians all over again. Oh, it really is. And I'm just... uh Gardner Fox, man. You weren't my favorite before, but, like, you're certainly not my favorite now. Yep. Because of all this. And just... Oh, boy. Anyway. That's, that's it for me. How about you? <laughs> so, I actually figured something out. And it clarifies one of the themes that we've sort of reinforced here is that this volume has really just reinforced what we thought about The Flash last time. For you, it's, this guy's a shithead. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, oh, this guy is a trickster character. And I figured out a little bit more of what it was because I got a concrete example of, oh, this is the character archetype. He's Jughead. Not from, so to clarify, Jughead from pre-reboot. So I grew up reading like Archie Digests and it's just those million stories that are completely schlocky and campy and enjoyable. Uh, But before the reboot, before uh, all of the really interesting stuff that the Archie company started doing. So first off, I don't know why they decided that Jughead needed a girlfriend back in the day, but they did. So they paired him with Ethel. And Jughead is just profoundly dismissive of Ethel. Mm. It, it was one of those uh, relationship by fiat and bah, girls 
kind I of I didn't realize. I, I don't know much about Archie. I mean, my sister read a lot of Archie um, when she was a kid, and I just I didn't because of oh, Archie's mm. for girls, and I was what I don't know a, a child, and I didn't understand things. But that's interesting that you um, equate him to Jughead, who is a primarily benign character and also what? side character when it comes to Archie. Like he's not really major plot so thick. Yes, I would. And so the important caveat from a from a more general like role in story perspective it's the the stories are, that involve jughead jughead t- tends to be a little bit of that like simultaneously snide which we absolutely get from jagger but also things get weird around jughead jughead is the uh... oh we have a bet of who can eat the most food at, like the entire other school's football team shows up and we just put in jughead and it's like just you get the weird visuals of like giant piles of hot dogs just disappearing it and the times where there are a couple of stories where jughead will be in a starring role in a story and things just like okay the the man from uncle kind of parodies mm. tend to star jughead like those uh, Spaceman Spiff kind of moments where it's mm. like if you want to do a parody and be able to like satirize that thing, you use Jughead because he fits so well as the uh, the snidely asides uh, in the process of going through these weird situations. And it's just like, oh, Jay Garrick stuff is just kind of loopy around, and he'll be like, like the kind of uh, the example that I go back to is him, uh, Jay Garrick, grabbing people's arms and like uh, being invisible and being like, oh, you're going to defend yourself against these mugs yeah. or uh, <laughs> they're go- you're going to like uh, say things for the mugs and get them to hit each other. It's like Jughead with ventriloquism would do that. Like, okay, I'm stuck in this weird situation. Uh, the only way out of it, like, is to... Uh, they're angry with each other. All right, the only way out... And I'm, like, stuck in a freezer or something. And the only way out of it is for them to reconcile or something. Uh, I Time to be a ventriloquist. <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing Jughead would it do from that like, era. It sounds like Jughead is equal parts Jay Garrick and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Like... Shaggy putting his entire mouth on a Dagwood sandwich that is half the size of his body and just eating it. Or, like, being able to do things that, like, why would you know how to do that, Shaggy? What, in in any universe, (laughs) like, why would you know how to do any of that? Or you were able to survive a 10,000-foot fall and land in a barrel and be like, zoinks! And, like, that's it. But but for Jughead, it wouldn't be a big deal. It'd just be like, he'd he'd stand up, brush himself off, and everyone else would be like, the fuck just happened? (laughs) He's just reality bendy. Exactly that. Yeah, no. He is he's like... A a, he's Q. Is Jughead Q? I want to read this. <laughs> I want to read this so bad. Jughead is just like really benign, bored Q. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah. oh, I hate the Enterprise so much. You know what? I'm going to go to Riverdale. <laughs> and just be this guy. Like, he has no use for women. He's just going to do weird stuff and eat food because... Of course, Earth food is the best food, and also make Roger-esque comments about the world around him. Like, Roger from American Dad be like, well, this is dumb. You know, like, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Jughead is cute. 
<laughs> You're welcome. I would, I would read that. You're welcome, Reddit. I would read that. Someone make a theory about that and send it to us. So I'm just going to say the name of two characters. Mm. Cheekers and Thistlewit. Mm. Cheekers yep. and Thistlewit. Uh-huh. Uncle Thistlewit. Uncle Thistlewit. Yeah. What's his first name? Uh, I I'm just like, if you can't top Thistlewit, you gotta like have like another multiple syllable name. It's like Engelbert Humperdinck. You can't not follow it with something equally ridiculous. Nigel Thistlewit. Nigel? Bartholomew. Ooh. You're welcome. Oh. Bartholomew Thistlewick. God. That guy's a dick. <laughs> and uh, he that's, is. that's the skinflint uncle from the Joan buying the utility company. And the reason I call him that is because he purposely, like, once he makes his nephew sell him the company and then Joe or like no he drives his nephew out of business then Joan buys the company and then he essentially just starts ruining other things for it to make it even worse so that he can buy the company and like Joan just happened to buy it before his like thug did and now he's like whoa I'm gonna make life terrible for everybody until I get my thing and I'm like you're literally just a jerk and all the flash has to do is like make life annoying for him he's like you're right I've been a dick Where's my nephew? I'm going to business with you. And Joan's like, please take this company from me. I don't want this. I never asked for this. I just wanted to buy something for $2. It's a super... I, I keep coming back to this. It's a super Jughead kind of move. Yeah, because, it is. like, Archie would power of friendship. Jay mm-hmm. Garrick annoys people and puts them in weird situations until they see the light and everyone is happy. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. And Jay Garrick is a nuisance until he gets yes. what he wants. Yes. God, what a dude. <laughs> and he really is just a nuisance. There is no point at which he brute forces anything. He legit does like a stop hitting yourself moment. Yeah. Or like, you know that moment in Lord of the Rings where like he, Gandalf ventriloquists the ogres so that they fight with each other until sunrise? He does that with two men driving a car so that they get in a fight while the car is going. I'm like, you will literally kill these two men. <laughs> You're literally going to kill these two men if you make them fight because they are driving a car at this moment. Because even one of them says, yo, stop hitting me, I'm driving, we could get seriously hurt. Like, they're they're aware of the fact that they could die in this car if they get in a fight. And I'm just like, it's such, like, it's such a weird, it's... weird life to live. Like, I'm going to make you eat a whole turkey in two seconds. Like, it, literally, the time frame is in two seconds. And I'm like, that, you'd kill that man. That man is dead. You'd unhinge his jaw, <laughs> shove that turkey down his throat, and his throat would explode. It, it is a Tom and Jerry moment yeah, of, just, oh, yeah. this doesn't obey actual physics. It is cartoon. But Jay's like, don't you feel shitty now? And the guy's like, I, like one of them says, like, I want to die. <laughs> Remember, there's two guys that he forces that to, one. like, run. The two heavyweight thugs that he, like, yeah. makes run. And one of them says, I want to die. I forgot about that Like, line. he makes a dude literally want to die. And I'm like, that's messed up. That is literally <laughs> the most messed up thing I've ever seen. The one other thing <laughs> I'll throw out that I found interesting was... One of the cool things is that in the Hall of Speed records... Yes. Uh, Jesse Owens is listed. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah. Even though they refer to him as the colored athlete Jesse Owens. I was like, that wasn't necessary. We can tell that he is. Because you drew him... Correctly, yeah, this comic is in color. A very realistic and good coloration. Yeah, like good. we've seen a lot of, like in Hawkman, a lot of people drawn gray, which was weird. It yeah, was that uncomfortable. Was, that was it, weird. Gray Mexicans. Uh, hey, hey, gray Mexicans are people too. Don't 
Don't dismiss those people. I mean, They're they, out they there. They look like they have a health problem. They do. That's why you can't dismiss them. They need help. <laughs> Don't be so flippant about their condition. Jesus. All right. <laughs> it's clearly but a problem. Yeah, no, the, the colorists were not on their game in Hawkman. Oh, at God, no. That. But, yeah. but, but yay, for, uh, yay for Flash for including Jesse Owens in the Hall of Speed records, mm-hmm. even though... Things apparently did not go great for Jesse Owens no. after the Berlin Olympics. No. So I, I'm sad about that. Things didn't go well for anybody after the Berlin Olympics, let's be honest. <laughs> not a lot of people yeah. came out yeah. going going strong after the Berlin Olympics. Not, not a lot of winners. A lot of, nobody won after the Berlin Olympics. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. Oh, I got one other thing. Okay. So... I am going to put this out there on the off chance that any listener knows this. The story about the guy who invents the serum or the the chemical that if you get dipped in, you get turned to stone. Stone metal serum? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I like to call it the Medusa formula because that's better. It's better. It's better, Gardner Fox. It's better. I mean, you just threw shade at a dead guy, but... (laughs) I do it all the time on the yeah. show. <laughs> I literally do. That's literally my job on the show is to make people feel bad who are dead. Fun fact, <laughs> I'm actually a ghost. Yeah. Really, I have a Ouija board next to me right here and I just keep shouting <laughs> until the thing says, screw you, John. And I know I've done it right. That'd be awesome. That would also probably be the premise of a low-budget sci-fi family movie. You mean Sifi? Sifi. <laughs> oh. But... Uh... For some reason, I remember seeing a book that had people being dipped in gold and, like, frozen in place like that. I kind of think I remember that. It's like, it feels like it should be a James Bond. And that I'm is not sure Bond. it is. Goldfinger? Maybe? Where he paints people gold and kills them? Specifically, the only woman painted gold in that is the promiscuous gal who helps Goldfinger cheat at cards. But... That's what he does. But do they end up being like statues? Do they get like no. dipped and then no. frozen? Oddjob sneaks in and kills them in the middle of the night and then spray paints them gold. Okay, that's way less cool. It is, but also begs the question, does Oddjob walk around with with paint cans full of gold spray paint? Like with those big industrial like house painter guns and just like Ooh. kills people and just goes... Is it that instead of like a little spray paint? I don't know. Can? I don't know. I've never really questioned I'm... the method in which Goldfinger golded people, or gilded <laughs> people, I suppose. <laughs> but now that I think about it, I'm now wondering what the the most effective mode of doing that would be for someone who, like, because Bond's gone. So, like, he, like at that moment, he comes back and she's <laughs> like that. So, he doesn't have to, like, be quiet. He could just be like, all right, like... Turn on a small engine pump and like spray paint this ancient gold, which is just like, why? What is it? Who's that for? Who's that for, Goldfinger? Other than letting everybody know that you you ordered someone to be murdered. Also, embarrassing thing to note: I just now realized the pun in Gold Member. Did you? Yeah, um, I never watched the movies. No, it's. None of the Austin Powers? No. Austin Power 1 is the only one worth watching, really. I believe it. Mainly because it's just it, gets, it hits all the high notes of the weirdness of James Bond. And that's about it. Also, the second one's okay. And the third one is just like, 
how much money can Mike Myers make that's not part of Shrek? And you're like, not a lot, oddly enough, because once you do Shrek, like... You're in the money. It's all ogre now. <laughs> can, can we just end it there? I don't think I can get any better I, I don't. Like, that's... <laughs> wow. Like, any better I guess DC Detectives is brought to you well, by us. We're on we're iTunes done. and Stitcher. I think we're done for the night, folks. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end it there. Next time, hopefully, is gonna be Doctor Fate. So you better get here in that. Oh time. God, I hope so. <laughs> um, if not, we have Wonder Woman we can do, and which might actually be enjoyable. Yeah, I'm actually honestly looking <laughs> yeah, forward no, to I... that to, to the next Wonder Woman volume just because it's. It's interesting. Actually, like, Insider Baseball, uh, what made you choose uh, Flash for this one? Because I'd forgotten that we had Wonder Woman Volume 2 around. Uh, because of the Gardner Fox. Oh, we yeah, were still yeah, in that, yeah. and I just felt like we're, it We're was... still in Fox territory? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm ready to go back to Marsden just yet. That's fair. <laughs> uh, just because of all that that implies. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, it gets to us in time. If not, we will do Wonder Woman Volume 2, because we know some folks are really eager to hear more about Wonder Woman. I'm eager. We are as well. And uh, we will see you next time. DC Detectives is on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, and our website for more. Garrick held no new surprises for us. Our first encounter, though, helped us navigate the gas station lectures on science and crime fighting we had to endure this time around after the race was run. But instead of helping us enjoy him more, the prior knowledge just furthered our already solid definitions of him. Regardless, we may have understood him more, but that didn't mean we had to stick around for his stories. <laughs>